Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Sear Soccer Studs podcast, where we discuss a beautiful game with a southern twang. I'm your co-host, Matt, and again with me today is Jason. Yo, yo, Matt. So, Jason, are you ready to cut this Premier League biscuit? Yes, I am, but maybe not a biscuit this time because, man, just listen to a song. I just have to cut to the chase with introducing the song for today. Okay. It was called Peanut Butter and Jelly by Galantis. And after listening to that song and watching that video, Matt, I think I'm going to go with a PB&J, whether it be on a biscuit or maybe just some grill, a grilled PB&J. Hmm. Okay. Oh, man, so tasty. You can't put PB&J in a biscuit. Pretty good, too. Yeah, maybe we'll uh, have to try that. Yeah, yeah. So, guys, if you don't do anything this week, if you've made it a minute into this podcast, please check out this video. Mm. It will make you smile. Um, We will put it on our show notes, but please check this out. It is a very funny, interesting video. Maybe a little bit of PG-13 in certain parts, but uh, just be aware, just to let you know. But yeah. great song, man. I've, um, I've got to got to put that down on my mix. That was that was really good. Yeah, man. So, Jason, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Uh, um, down this way, we got a little snow this weekend, so I had a little early snow fun yesterday with the, the little dude outside, nice. my son. How about you? Yeah, uh, had kind of some snow fun with Luna, my pup. Nice. She loves the snow. She thinks her one of her favorite treats is an ice cube. So snow is just heaven on earth for her. Yeah. So yeah. it was pretty interesting having her run around and doing the zoomies all over the place. So, yeah, it was fun. That's awesome. Well, guys, welcome to episode 25. Wow. I can't believe we've had that many. It's technically 26 because of the Genesis. But I'm glad y'all are with us. Um, We're going to get right into the games over the weekend. Um, The first game was Aston Villa, Arsenal. Villa with the 1-0 win. And the goal came in the second minute from none other than Ollie Watkins. Basically, the Arsenal defenders uh, fell asleep on this one, and Bertrand Traore uh, just sees the moment, grabbed the ball, and I, I really enjoyed this goal because he it's a left-footed player playing on the right side of the field, stole the ball, pushed in with his left foot, and then the outside of the foot just very defined, just powerful cross in. And Ollie Watkins hits it, which gets deflected, but still rolls past Matt Ryan, the former Brighton and Hove Albion goalkeeper. Mm. Yeah, so that was that was the opening goal. And wasn't a wasn't that a, wasn't that a mistake? Was it Cedric? Yeah, basically Cedric and Gabrielle. Um, I I don't know if they got their languages mixed up, but <laughs> yeah, you could just tell that Cedric kind of played 
well, Gabrielle played it to Cedric, who mm-hmm. Cedric tried to play it back to him, and they just weren't on the same page. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Bertrand Triore just took that right in. That was awesome. Yeah. This game was a um, pretty chippy affair, to be honest. Um, I kind of enjoyed it seeing two – this is, for me, it's uh, two teams that I don't really care for that much. Um, so seeing them go at each other was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed it. Twelve fouls on both sides. Yeah, a lot of fouls. Both keepers made some pretty big saves, but, uh, you know – Basically, Aston Villa started off the game strong and just held down the fort until the end of the game. Arsenal fans were probably a little um, butthurt about a non-red card call in the first half, but after looking at it a couple of times, honestly think the call should have gone the other way because mm-hmm. Kanza had his body positioned correctly and Sokka actually made contact with him. So... You can say that I'm biased towards Chelsea and therefore I don't give a crap about Arsenal, but I believe in this circumstance the referee got it incorrect completely. Shouldn't have been a red, shouldn't have been a yellow, should have just been a free kick towards Aston Villa. Hmm. Yep. What a weekend with officiating. I know we'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, it gets uh it only gets <laughs> gets worse from here, so hmm. But that was the Aston Arsenal game, the AA. Mm-hmm. Jason, you've got the BB. Um, from the AA to the BB, Burnley. Burnley. At Turf Moor against Brighton, Hoove, Albion. Yes. Man, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> it seemed like there was not much ball, ball or like touching on the ball or possession for Burnley at all in that first half. It seemed to be all Brighton Hove. And <clears throat> very quiet first 20 minutes. You know, if you Saturday morning, if you had some chores to do, maybe fold some laundry, probably take care of it during that time for sure. And uh, I just wanted to note something, Matt. As I was watching, it was a rainy morning, and I don't have much to talk about with this game, so I'm going to talk about Sean Dice. <laughs> you love. <laughs> You're in love with this man. Why do you talk about him every time? I don't know, Matt, but I, I just wanted to introduce myself today as Sean Dice. Okay. But anyway, I just figured I'd try that again. But yeah, getting back to it, man, the man with the trench coat, gosh, he just he looks like a like a Scottish English Morpheus on the sideline in the Matrix wow. trench coat. Well just, done. During those 20 minutes, you got to observe and find something that's entertaining. Anyway, back to the game. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the midfield heavy lineup for Brighton just seemed to cause problems in the first half for sure. And 36th minute, who other than Lewis Dunk? Uses his head real well off the corner into the far left corner. And the assist goes to none other than Pascal Gross. I'm saying that right. Yes, yes, you are. So one nothing, and that was pretty much all there is to say about the first half. The second half, a lot of Burnley early. It seemed like Sean Dice laid into him in the halftime talk. And what do you know? Not too long into the second half, in the 53rd minute, I believe, Johan Gudmundsson with a nice shot off of what looked like it was a kind of like a deflection action. Shot in, 
Goalie deflects it out and pretty much right to his feet. He just hits it right back in the net. A little bit of some substitutions made afterwards. Both teams tried to switch shape a little bit to see what they could do to change the outcome of the game. But nonetheless, no difference. 1-1 one, one draw. All she wrote. Yeah. Sweet. I didn't really watch this game at all. Oh, man. You didn't miss anything, Matt. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Um, Newcastle, Southampton, though. Wow. That was a heck of a game. I Yeah, I definitely watched that game. I couldn't pass that up. Yeah. Newcastle 3, Southampton 2. Southampton on a drastic avalanche of a slide down the table right mm. now. Just Man. cannot catch any luck. I think they had some clovers, four-leaf clovers in their shoes starting off the, the season, and now their Irish luck has run out. Oh, man. Because in the 16th minute, Alan St. Maximin Gucci. Gucci, Gucci. Man, he is incredibly quick. I'd love to see him and Adama Traore like, have a little race with the ball, see who could – because both of those guys are incredibly stout and fast. But yeah. Alan St. Maximin basically beats the defender to the ball, dribbles into the box, finds Joe Willock on loan hmm. from Arsenal to just pass it in. Great goal. Great run by Alan St. Maximin. And then in the 26th minute, Almiron. Now, Almiron... I'm not the biggest fan of this guy. I think he he's don't get me wrong. He puts a lot of effort out there, but I think sometimes his effort goes just he uses too much effort in running around with the ball instead of playing it quicker. Mm. So I think he wastes a lot of energy, but this was just really unfortunate for the guy that had a terrible week. <laughs> A uh, Jan Benderek. Man, just found him again. I know. Almiron basically just shoot crosses, so a crot, cross shot? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's about right. Yeah. And puts it in, and Benderek's right there. He tries to clear it. You can see what he's trying to do. He's leaning back, just trying to side foot it out of bounds. Hits between his legs, does like a little pinball action, and then finds its way into the back of the net. I'm not sure if they ended up giving that to Almiron or Benderek as an OG. I think they did give it to Almiron yeah, in the so. end, but just unfortunate for Benderek. And then in the 30th minute, Southampton put one on the board. I I love this goal. I think mm-hmm. it was fantastic. Another player on loan, Minamino, on loan from Liverpool to Southampton. You know, Southampton and Liverpool have had quite a bit of a relationship over the years. Yeah, come to think of it, for sure. Mane, Van Dyke, mm-hmm. uh, guy that went to Brighton and Hove Albion. Oh, what is his name? He's an English player. Where does he play in the field? Uh, kind of forward, but a little bit back. Our boy Dustin loves this guy. Yeah, it's not Mope. I know that. No. I'm sorry, guys. Hey, no worries. I'll have to look that up here in a minute. But, but anyway, Minamino 
gets the ball played into him, opens up his body, takes a big first touch, but he puts it right into space, and then he just left foot rifles it through the goalie into the roof of the net. Beautiful goal. Sometimes you just need to kick the crap out of the ball, and he did. Yeah, no second thought on that. To the roof of the goal. Yeah. But in the stoppage time of the first half, this was unfortunate for Southampton. Trying to play out of the back, McCarthy, the goalie, plays it to Ryan Bertrand, who is under pressure from Almiron. Instead of just playing the ball out of bounds, tries to play it through Almiron and Megan. And young kids that are all about Megan people these days, you can Meg somebody and still lose the ball. Yep. So it's not always wise to try to make someone, especially when you're a defender and you're pretty much the last man, which Ryan Bertrand did. Almiron deflects it one-on-one with the goalie, gives the goalie the eyes. This time he did it right. He gave him the eyes to the left, played it near post, beat the goalie. Soft roller, but he had already tricked the goalie. Mind blown. Mm. Ah, but yeah, that was the stoppage time of the first half. Um, score was three to one at that time. Start off the second half. You cannot give James Ward Prowse a free kick around your box. This guy, you know, they used to say bend it like Beckham. Pfft. This guy has got a heck of a right foot. And you know what? I really respect. He wears the all blacks too. Just simple, all black shoes. Man, what a credible. I mean, this was about top drawer as you can get. Yeah, what a beautiful free kick. And he's had several beautiful free kicks. I know uh, on his birthday, I think he had some nice, it might have been against United, I don't even know. But uh, he is quality. And once again, I always wonder if those types of quality players will stay Right in a market like that. Well, I mean, what we were just talking about, he, he probably could go to Liverpool the way they just picking and choosing every single <laughs> guy from Southampton. Yeah, true. Oh, man. But, yeah, just a minute later, the uh, Jeff Hendrick gets his second yellow card of the match to get sent off. So... 3-2 in the 49th minute. Still have almost a half of a game to play, but Southampton cannot pull it off. They Actually, Newcastle ends the game with nine players because Shar, I think it's Shar. Yeah, Shar, Scar. Yeah, goes off with an injury. And, I mean, Vestgaard had a big towering header cleared or saved by the goalie from, like, point blank. Danny Ings hit the uh, oh, that was so close. Hit the post like if it would have been a millimeter or two to the right, it might have snuck in. And didn't um, Carl just fall? He just caught that right off the post. It like came yeah. right to him. Right? Yeah, it's one of those where a goalie's like, "Oh crap!" And then he turns around, it hits the post, and comes right back to him. Pretty mm-hmm. much the perfect angle. But yeah, un- unfortunately, um, Southampton just could not pull pull it together and get the win. Just, man, really unfortunate for them. Like I said, they're going uh, 
avalanching down the table. Hmm. I bet you Steve Bruce was proud of his boys, though. Yeah, yeah, Steve Bruce. I mean, it was like I think it was one of the one of the games of the weekend. It was a lot of fun for neutral to watch. That's for sure. All right, moving on to Fulham nil, West Ham nil. Yeah, um, double zeros for sure at Craven Cottage. There may be, I'm trying to look at my notes here. Gosh, what do I talk about this game? In 35th minute, look, man, looked like he had, was in good, good position to score, but just nothing happened. Adam Lalana. Adam Lalana. I should have known that. Yeah, Gosh, that just... was, sorry, guys. That was the other player that uh, was picked up by Liverpool from Southampton. Yeah, he just couldn't stay healthy. Hopefully he does something over that way. But, uh, yeah, getting back to Fulham at West Ham, or Fulham versus West Ham at Craven Cottage. Not a whole lot in the, going on, really, in the first half. Um, it seemed like both teams were kind of testing each other and moving it around, and nothing really came together in the final third. Um, again, in the second half, there was a change. Uh, Noble came in for Bowen, I think. There was maybe an injury, because that's a little odd for such a change at that time. It's possible that, you know, Moyes saw something that he wanted to change. But uh, at least he's got that, you know, those guys on the side. He then, of course, did a double change, to, brought in um, Yarmolenko for Benarama, if I'm saying that right. Good enough. Yeah. And then once again, some chances from Fulham to start the second half. Uh, Bobby Reed. Decador, how do I say Deca, how do you say De Cordova. De Cordova Reed. Early in the second half, Loftus, Loftus Cheek mm. with a chance, but nothing really coming together in that final third. Scotty Parker's defensive formation seemed to be the game, really. I mean, shut him down both, both ends, nothing really to talk about. Great chance from Sioux Fall in the 64th minute with his head, but it hits the crossbar, probably from my standpoint, the biggest chance for either side. Um, but if you were looking for goals, this was not the game to watch, that's for sure. Um, the one thing I don't want to really talk about, but I'm going to talk about, is the end of the game. Um, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later, but Thomas that Suchik. red card. Yeah. Um, it's hard, man. I, Matt, I, I texted you during the game. I was heated. Um, I don't know what you guys, if you guys watch the game, what you guys think. Um, I don't think it was a red card, but of course Mike Dean decided to give Suchek a red card for what looked like a um, a little bit of a scuffle between he and Mitrovic. Mm -hmm. And Mitrovic was kind of pushing on him. They were both trying to get space. Suchek looked like he was trying to get more space from him, but also brought his elbow up at the same time and nicked Mitrovic in the forehead. Mike Dean went and looked at this. He looked at it several times, what seemed like forever. And he comes back to fashion a red card, yeah. which was taken back and resent yeah. uh, as of today, from what I understand. That's um, correct. Yep. But I know I don't really want to talk about this whole lot. Maybe talk about this a little bit later. Okay. But um, really was not the cherry on top for this game. Zero, zero draw, um, late fireworks with that action, but yeah. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, absolutely. 
Moving on to a game that probably, if you were heated after that last one, this one probably didn't make you feel too good, Jason. Back to back. Man U 3, Everton 3. Yeah, another one. If you're a Manchester United fan, man, you probably just wanted to turn off the game after the first half. But a game at Old Trafford nonetheless. And, you know, we had some good defending from Shaw in the beginning, some back and forth. Really, I'd say majority was United altogether in the first, starting in the 24th minute with Marcus Rashford swinging in one of the most beautiful crosses I've seen in a long time, especially from Rashford, to none other than Edison Cavani. And what does he do? He uses his head. His, his mechanics and heading is just unbelievable. I don't know if it was this game or the game where they scored nine. Mm. I remember watching him and his motion of his header, right? And his, you know, he's got that long. Uh, what is he? He's from Argentina. No, he's a Uruguayan. Uruguayan. Yeah. So he's got that long jet black That's hair. Right. And he looks like the matador. That's yeah. what they call him, right? Oh yeah. man, I always mix up the flags. I think. Anyway, he is. Man, to tell you what, that was a strong nod. Yeah, and you can see the the power that he gets because his hair flips forward and back, and it's like even. Even when he comes forward, that, that hair snaps forward, and you can see just the sweat just kind of snap like a whip. Man, I guess i got to watch these in slow motion yeah. for sure. But, yeah, I mean, even uh, against the game, it uh, might have been his first chance in the EPL against Southampton. The two uh, goals that he scored way what, about six weeks ago or so. It was a while ago. He had he had a really nice header. I think that was against Southampton, if I'm not mixing that up. What's that? Edison Cavani. Okay. Oh, man. He just really, he knows how to use his head. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was the first goal. Really quality goal. What a great way to start the game. Um, and then, of course, in the 38th minute, it seems that Paul Pogba goes down with a non-contact injury. Just passing the ball out looked like maybe, I hate to say it, but it looked like he might have strained to like a hip flexor or something. That'll take some time to heal. We shall see. Yeah, they, they came out and said he's going to be out for a while. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. A lot of little muscle injuries going on. This is the craziest season yet for the English Premier League. Games come in real thick and fast for everyone. And even with a big squad like Manchester United, you're still fighting for those Champions League places, trying to stay up with Manchester City. So you got to, if you can, play your best team all the time. Yeah, and stay healthy. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, some time for Fred when Paul Pogba comes off. Oh, man, this is the part that I really – I wish we could have just ended the game on this one. But in the 45th minute, none other than Aaron Wan-Bissaka in from the left side of the goal. Man. Can you can – you, I can't even talk about this because the way the ball was played, the fake from Bruno – he kind of just waves the ball on and then comes back to the ball. He looks at the goalkeep, and he's he could see he's a very, maybe off his line a little bit. Takes his right foot, hits it. It didn't look like. It's, oh man, it just it was amazing. It's it's one of those. It's a shot, but it's also a chip. 
but he did it from outside the box. If if people remember back when Clint Dempsey was playing for Fulham, he pulled one of these off, and it was just, I mean, absurd to see somebody do something like that. But this one just had so much elegance to it. I mean, I think even when Fernandez scored this, you know, he, he didn't really celebrate much at first. It was almost like he was like, dang, did, did I really just do that? Like, that's basically pulling somebody's pants down and bare bottom spanking them. Yeah, I tell you, it's like, man, it almost looked like he had enough time once again to have a cup of tea, measure the shot, and just pop it in there and then just look at you like, I just did this. You know what it would... You know what would have made this better? What's that? If the goalie was Jordan Pickford. (laughs) (laughs) And he scores this. And (laughs) Fernandez is just sitting there like, man, you know, licking those big old teeth and just kind of rubbing his mouth like, man, wiping his little beard. I guarantee you Jordan Pickford would take the ball out of the net and just try to volley it right at him. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, you even said it. Bruno Fernandez, like, whether he's trying to draw a penalty or score a goal, the guy has such an animated face, whether it be ears or certain, um, you know, facial features that stand out. Oh, my God. I I could see him in a cartoon all day long. Yeah. As I digress, I should get back to this he Is he a character in Big Mouth? I think I know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> Sorry. No apologies. Oh, it's all good, man. Everybody needs a laugh. The tale of two halves, though. Yes, the tale of two halves. And before we jump to the second half, which, again, I don't want to talk about, but uh, there was a little bit of a, uh, gosh, an intro to what may have been in the second half with Calvert-Lewin just going on a really nice break but just hit the ball nowhere near the goal. But really, it, it looked like something that I didn't want to happen. And then in the second half, in the 49th minute, I'm just going to go ahead and jump the gun because it looked like, I don't know, I, maybe Ole offered some sleepy time, chamomile tea to the defenders because they, yeah. they looked like they were still in the locker room. 49th minute, Calvert-Lewin goes on a nice run, hits the ball at the Gea. He then deflects the ball out and says, here you go, DeCorey. And DeCorey just taps the ball in. Um, I think a lot of people, if you've been watching De Gea over the years, kind of wonder why, how, maybe he's missing a step. We've talked about it before. Or maybe, maybe I don't know if Matt and Joe have talked about it before, but it definitely has been on my mind. David De Gea looked a little rusty with that. And what do you know? one nothing, Or, I'm sorry, 2-1. And then in the 52nd minute, just a few minutes later, DeCorey, to none other than the Colombian gold, James Rodriguez himself, (laughs) for number two. And that's now 2-2. Manchester United, what are they doing at that point in time? No, they can't call a timeout and go get coffee on the sidelines. They just got to wake up in the game. And it looked like they were about to wake up. But I think Carlo Ancelotti really raised his eyebrow in the <laughs> halftime talk. Because Rashford just couldn't – Rashford got the ball in the 63rd minute. And a, a little little walk around, look a little trying to get it off his foot, but he couldn't. Nothing happens. Some subs were made. None other than Gilf. Gilf – how do I say his name again, Matt? Gilfie? Gilfie. Gilfie. Good old Gilf. Gilfie Sigerson 
comes in for James Rodriguez, which looked like maybe the Colombian gold was hurt. I don't know. Hopefully, if he is, he gets better. It's a little soft. Yeah. He's a little, a little soft. soft. He'll, he'll get on. Maybe some oil of Olay. <laughs> um, the free kick. Shifting in the free kick after the substitute. 70th minute. Luke Shaw swings the ball in to none other than Mr. Scooty. Scooty Matomine. Yep. And what does he do? Man, barely gets his head on it. Probably hit it with his head, and he's wondering where it's going. But it went in the back of the net for 3-2. The, the goalkeeper for Everton, um, <clears throat> Olsen, he, the ball was like a looping header, so he has time to see it. And it's one of those where, I don't know, I, I feel like there's a meme out there somewhere where somebody's running to catch something, and they take a step down and they miss, like misplant their foot, and they just, you see their hands straight up in the air, and they just fall down like a tower. And it's, <laughs> it's like you're so bad. It's it kind of like so bad. Olsen stepped in a hole. Yeah, that wasn't there. He tripped <laughs> over a blade of grass and fell down. A Looney Tunes hole. Gosh. But yeah, I can imagine that he probably got some uh, shtick. Some shtick for that one in the locker room. But um, there you go, 3-2. Man, Manchester United put it together, did they? No, because there were some substitutions, there was some tiredness, and none other than Mr. Yellow Card himself comes on. Axel Tunzebi. <laughs> I think he has the highest yellow card average in the EPL, but I'm going to look it up after this. Like per minute played? Got to. He wow. has to. Um, maybe not the red card average that David Luiz has, but he definitely has got the yellow card locked down. And uh, what does he do? He gets a yellow card. And, yeah, the other team gets a free kick, and we're talking about Everton. And then we're talking about Calvert-Lewin. A little tap-in, a little, little mess in the box to score it an extra time, 3-3. Ole goes home with one point. Yeah, the rest of the United, you know, each get a one point. Ah. <sighs> Such a waste. So, after the game, OGS, the manager for Man U, did an interview and said, I don't know why we were playing into the 96th minute. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know why we were playing into the 96th minute when there was only five minutes of stoppage time. Mm. Well, into stoppage time, Manchester United were running down the clock and they even substituted in stoppage time. And that took a good 30 seconds, if not more, because, you know, the guys just, I think it was uh, uh, number 11, the young uh, young kid. Oh, Greenwood. Greenwood, yeah. He's coming off the field, and he's, you know, doing the walk jog, like pumping his arms. Looks like he's running off, but he's taking his sweet time. So... I don't like the fact that OGS said, like, why are we playing into this? Well, it's because your team were wasting time, and the referee's going to actually he, – he shows him. It, he shows everybody, like, this is wasting time. He points at his watch and says, like, I'm keeping time. So I, di I didn't like that OGS kind of coming out with the uh, – uh, blame the referees. No, no. The game is over. When the fat referee, because they're all fat in the English Premier League, blows his whistle. But I want to go back to that because 
I, I, t- I agree with you, and I watched the same game, and I could see, you know, where t- you know, there's plenty of times where teams do this or they don't do this, whether they fall down and got to get your shoelace tied or whatever the case is, get a stretch, you know, got to stretch a hammy or a calf. <laughs> but I really feel like that what was going through OGS's mind in that com- that in that interview was more along the lines of why did I put Axel in the game? <laughs> I should have put. Matichin, even though he's as slow, he's as slow as a uh, truck pulling a trailer. But I think he would have been better than Axel, Mr. Yellow Card, Tunzebe. He's got the height, so. But uh, yeah, nonetheless, 3 3, a waste of a half. Yeah. All right. Now for the first game on Sunday Tottenham 2, West Brom 0. Oh, man. The Josie versus the Big Sam. Lamella, 11th minute, hits one, just skies it over the bar. I actually thought that was, I was like, man, that's, the tot's going to start off early. But no. It was a little bit of, you know, Kane trying to get some of the rust out in the beginning. It was nice to see Kane back for this. It was exciting. But it looked like, you know, at, at least in the first half, Tottenham didn't really put anything together. And Big Sam was just trying to figure out how and where he could find a place to, you know, to get his goal and then sit on it. But if you were looking for a whole lot in the first half, you really didn't get it. It was just pretty much all Spurs just tapping the ball around trying to find an opening. There was a nice save, I have to say, in the 45th minute from Diagne, if I'm saying his name right. And he put in a header that Luis saved that was just like really right off the line. I mean, if you were looking at it the first time, you probably were going to say, could we see some goal line tech on that? But no, they showed it again in slow, and he actually, it was a really good save. So that's pretty much all she wrote with the first half. And the second half, again, Tottenham comes out with some composure. They put pressure on Big Sam's side and West Brom, and none, nothing, you know, just maybe like nine minutes into the second half, I think it was the 54th minute. Yep. Hoiberg to Harry Kane for the first goal. And four minutes later, you got Lucas Mora feeding a nice ball to Hyun-Min Sung. And the second goal of the match, number two. And that was a really nice break. You know, just like you would normally see Sung going on a break and running, just running to catch up to the line. And Mora just feeds him. And it's Man, it just really looks like a Tottenham counter-strike at its best. Um, but, you know, at that point in time, 2 nothing. I think Big Sam was really trying to make some changes to see what he could do. But, once again, I think he's, we've said this before, the man's bitten off more than he can chew. And really not much else to talk about other than I just want to talk about this because I think he's pretty dirty. Lamella, 64th minute, yellow card. I don't know if you saw that, Matt. That slide? I did Studs not. Studs up. Came across. Uh, I I don't know. I'm trying to think who he fouled, but he just came across his leg, and it just looked like one of those dirty fouls. And I've, I've seen Lamella just do some dirtiness before. Yeah, it and doesn't on, surprise dude. me. He, he has that in him a lot. And, yeah, I don't – I'm not, not fond of Lamella whatsoever. I mean, mm. he's a – he plays for Tottenham, so obviously 
being a Chelsea fan, I despise him already, but just the dirtiness that he brings to the game is just no place for it. Yeah, it's not needed. Yeah, and that's I just had to say that piece. You know, I'm I'm neither a Tottenham fan or not. You know, no hate against anybody, but uh, just come on, man, play your safety. Just you don't want somebody to do that to you, so don't do that to somebody else. Yeah, he's he's dirt, true dirt. Yeah, but uh, two nothing, good win for Tot. Yep. All right, Wolves nil, Leicester nil. This was probably the best nil-nil game that you will see all season because it had some of the nicest, quickest matchups too. I'm talking about Adama Diesel Train. I know I said that last <laughs> week, but I don't even – I was thinking about it today. I was like, "Is there? there's no such thing as a diesel train. But I, don't, but I feel like I can make a train noise where we can just make that <laughs> stick. Uh, but – Adama Diesel Train Traore <laughs> versus James Justin. That was a great matchup. James Justin, we were talking about last week, is he a defender? He showed that he's a defender against one of the strongest, quickest uh, wingers in the game. And then on the other side, Ricardo back from a very long injury. He's been slowly worked in by uh, Lester. But he seems like he's back to full fitness, and him versus Neto was awesome to watch as well. Neto, 20 years old. Wow. 20. This kid can play. He, oh, man, he he did some dirty things to Johnny Evans <laughs> in the first half. That was... I think you could describe those dirty things. <clears throat> oh, man. It, it, was, it was pretty saucy. <laughs> but in the first half, I think that Wolves, you know, especially the first 20 minutes, they were all over Leicester and were unfortunate not to get a goal. Triori had a deflected shot that just went wide after Neto did those dirty things to Johnny Evans. And before that, Neves on a corner. I think the ball was flicked in off of a corner and he was wide open and just skies it instead of putting it in the top corner. But, yeah, in the second half, Lester, you know, pushed really hard. Uh, James Madison had a bunch of deflected shots before he fouled Yao Matinho. Um, Harvey Varnes had shot deflected wide. I mean, just the pace of both of these teams was just it was glorious to watch. Yeah. It was just wonderful. And then – I would say that Fabio Silva had one of the best chances of the game. The 19-year-old, I think he's 19, maybe he just turned 19. He's either 18 or 19. Uh, gets a ball, kind of one of those here. The defenders are pushing out, and he's just in the right spot at the right time, onside. Ball goes to him in the mix of a crowd, one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. Casper Michael comes out, gets a just goes straight Spider-Man on him. Gets, I think, a stud on the ball to, to, to touch it wide. We'll say studs, but that's <laughs> fine. And then in stoppage time, Jamie Vardy comes on and almost wins the game. Ball's crossed in, beats the defender to the ball, heads it just wide. 
great game, like I said, but just uh, just a nil-nil. You know, I, I know a lot of people can look and see that scoreline and be like, nothing happened. No, a lot happened. It was a fun game. So, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But I, I think Brandon Rogers enjoyed it too. He might have. He probably wanted to get the three points to keep up with uh, Manchester City. Um, but it's good because a lot of teams in the top half, about around that Champions League spot, dropped points yep. this week. Speaking of drop points, Liverpool won. Manchester City, foe. I'll tell you what, Matt. I think it was the game that you don't want to have cold feet in. <laughs> but let's get into the action. Gosh, I just have to mention the Silver Fox to begin with in the second minute because he ran down Elkai Gundawan and gets, gets a yellow card. I, I honestly thought Elkai was hurt. It looked thank, bad. Yeah, I mean, it looked like... I think I've been done like this before. Scissor me timbers. <laughs> oh, man. Someone just runs you down. Whether you cut one way or the other, you stop short. And then they just run that knee into your calf or something, just kind of fold into you. Mm. But I'm glad that Elkai can get up and uh, play the rest of the game. But, um, gosh, this was an interesting one at first. It seemed like both teams were just feeling each other out. Like two big, you know, two really good teams would do. Mm-hmm. Just see where... Where can we fit that goal in? Yeah. Where can we catch you? Um, I would say Man City probably possessed the majority of the ball in the first 15 to 20 minutes. I don't know of exactly what the possession was, but it seemed like they had the ball on the foot most of the time with such a patient buildup like Man City would do at their best. In the 24th minute, Trent Amane, but headed over the bar. And this really, at this point in time, reminded me of last week when Salah had a nice chance and just hit with it, hit the bar, hit the ball with his left foot way over the bar. And it's almost like Mane had something similar going on in his head at this point, where he was like, "Man, I sh- that was mine. I should have had that." But no, he didn't. He hit it over the the goal. He was frustrated with himself. You could tell. Yeah, I, man. I'll tell you what. I would have been very frustrated myself too. But head it down. Get down. Maybe take some notes from Cavani. But uh, and then another one I want to talk about the 29th minute, just five minutes later. It's like Liverpool is trying to put something together. Firmino has this really nice right-footed shot. It looked like maybe about a half volley. It was a little, little bounce off the ground. But what do you know? Just a save from Mr. Ederson. Neck tattoo. <laughs> yeah, I believe that's a neck tattoo. He's got a lot of them. It looks like. Scary, gangsta. And then uh, let's just uh, go to the fireworks in the first half, which uh, Raheem Sterling, man, Mr. Dribbles on that left side. Pep switched uh, Phil Foden out for Sterling. I think they've both been kind of interchanging in that position, but Sterling looked really good. Dribbled the ball in, but was taken down in the box. No real time to look at this. It was PK all day. Yeah. But... Who comes up? Mr. Cheeky Calm himself, Ilkay Gundogan. Never misses a penalty, but he hit this one to high heaven. Yeah, this was pretty, pretty poor. Yeah, I think it was one of those you wanted back. And he couldn't have it back because it was in the stands. I don't even know (laughs) if they found the ball. 
But, uh, you know, you want to end it on a good note, but Man City really couldn't end that first half on anything. So, 0-0. Zero, zero. We go into halftime. Both managers probably had some heated things to say to their teams and about how we're going to get it going in the second half. And we'll see, you know. One team got it going. In the 49th minute, Sterling to Foden. Off of an Allison deflection. And who puts it in there? Gundogan. Mr. Cheeky Calm with low cleanup on aisle 10. Man, he just... Aisle 10. That kind of fits because they're all number 10s. Yeah. But just shifts it right in there. Nice little goal. Same number 8. I know he's numbered, but I'm talking yeah. about as far as... Yeah, player. the positions that they play. City, yes. a bunch yes. of number 10s. <laughs> um, so first goal of the game. Yeah, what's going to happen next? 58th minute. Trent to Curtis Jones, but shot deflected wide for a corner. And what does that lead to? Just a few minutes later, Ruben Diaz. What was he thinking? It was just, yeah, this guy's literally the commentators cursed him. Like, oh, he this guy's so good. He's going to be the you know pickup of the season. He doesn't make mistakes, and he did. Yeah. And it was just one of those just unfortunate. He tried to play the ball with the outside of his leg or right foot and try to just hit it out, but instead he hit it right into Salah, who got a lucky deflection. The ball goes in front of him. And Diaz is just trying to catch up, puts a couple hands on him. And, yeah, anytime you get hands on you now, the guys go down so soft. I feel like they they train to feel that contact in the box, and it's like, oh, you touched me. Uh-oh. But anyway, uh, Salah went down. Liverpool's given the PK. Mo Salah steps up to the ball and does something different that Okai didn't do, and he just batters that ball. I mean, he blasts the ball with his left foot. I mean, I don't think the goalie saw it. Back of the net, 1-1. But not for long. Because what do you got? You need fireworks in a big game like this. And you got it. In the 73rd minute, a mistake, a mistake, a mistake from Allison. Kicks the ball out. <laughs> Leads it right to, right to the opponent's foot. Was it, was it directly to the opponent? Yeah. Well, Foden gets the ball, dribbles it a little bit, takes a couple touches. Then he passes it to none other than Mr. Ilkai Gondwan for his second goal. And at that point in time, I think even the commentators are just scratching their head. Why did he do that? What happened? What was the reason behind it? The well, mistake. Well, the they, mistake kick. They get a replay of it in three minutes later. <laughs> yeah. Deja vu, ditto, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Are we in another world where somebody has really cold feet? Because he makes another mistake. I feel bad for Allison Becker. Because I know he felt it after this, but two mistakes back to back, and it was another gift. Bernardo Bernardo Silva passes to Sterling, sharp. Sterling sharp. <laughs> I'm thinking NFL. Raheem Sterling, and then what does he do? Just taps it, a little tap of the head. That was a net. great, great ball by uh, Bernardo Silva. Basically, just lobbing it right over the goalie, just to and the defender to find Sterling, who probably could have just stood there and held on to the post and let it hit his chest, but 
He wanted to head it in. Yeah, I think it was like Bernardo was like, let me just hit this really soft so Sterling can't make an excuse. <laughs> I mean, that is Raheem Sterling territory where he does miss. So. Yeah, so, I, and then, you know. I think it probably would have went in without Sterling, to be honest. I, I think if somebody, a big wind gust probably would have yeah. blown that one in. But it was, nonetheless, another goal brings the game to 3-1. But we got to talk about another goal because the 83rd minute to put put it up for four there. Jesus plays a beauty, a beauty of a ball to Phil Foden. Jesus or is it Jesus? It was? Yeah, I okay. it was Jesus. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Gabriel. Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, okay. If I say it like that, it's got to be him, right? Yeah. But anyway, uh, plays the beauty of a ball, the Phil Foden. And what, is, what does Phil Foden do? Youngster, but has so much composure already. He just touches the ball. I think he touched it twice. I don't know exactly, but it just seems so calm. Just roofs. I mean, he just kills the ball with his right foot. And, I mean, I think it was the top of the net, but there was no way a goalie was going to get this. Left it foot. Was, was it left foot? Yeah, he's left-footed. Yeah, that's right. I'm just backwards. But uh, I just have to big ups to Phil Foden. That kid is something else, and I think he's just sky's the limit. Yeah, he played the false nine in this game until Gabriel Jesus came on, and uh, Foden went out to the right-hand side, and that's where that's he right. likes to play. Yeah. But um, a game of mistakes. But whose mistake is worse? Uh, yeah. Allison. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Moving on to Sheffield United 1, Chelsea 2. This game was very nerve-wracking for me. Um, Sheffield United is a very scrappy team that fight from the beginning to the end, and I knew it wasn't going to be easy. And it really wasn't. I mean, honestly, inside of 30 seconds, Sheffield United should have gone up one nothing. Man, Burke, Oliver Burke gets a ball played into him by Oliver. What's the other Oliver's name? McBurney. <laughs> McBurney. Yeah, Oliver McBurney plays it into Oliver Burke who has got some crazy pace and could have beat the goalie uh, Mindy to the front post or the near post, but instead just hits the side netting. Oh, that was squeaky bum time for me. First half, I mean, there was, it was very, very rough, very hard to watch for me. Chelsea were playing way too slow. They weren't moving the ball quick enough. And in the 11th minute, Got really lucky. Ben Chilwell takes down Basham in the in the box. PK. Mm. Luckily enough, he was offsides. VR said that Basham was offsides, so they take that away. But yeah, Chelsea just um were struggling to get the ball from basically out of their defense. They couldn't really find anything going forward. Um, yeah. Like I said, a lot of props to Sheffield United. They played Chelsea really well. But in the 43rd minute, this was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful goal. Uh, Chilwell gets the ball on the wing from Timo Werner. 
Timo continues his run. Ben Chili, Netflix and Chilwell, puts it over the top. And Werner just plays the ball back into the box where Mason Mount hits it first time left-footed. Beautiful goal. What a talented youngster. Yes, sir. So going into the half, it's one nothing. Into the second half, nine minutes in, Antonio Rudiger. Mm-mm. He makes a pretty big mistake and scores a known goal. Um, personally, he had a, a good game. This was just really unfortunate. He made a, a wrong decision, and I think that stemmed from – you know, the last few coaches telling them to pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball, play out of the back. And so what does he do? He's got his back, or he's facing his own goal. Goalie's coming out. He looks down to pass the ball to the goalie. Goalie's trying to clear it, just passes it right in instead of him just kicking the crap out of the ball out of bounds. But he played well. Just one unfortunate mistake. But four minutes later, Timo. Gets played in, and or was it? Uh, yeah, he gets played in, and beats the goalie, only for the goalie to take him out. No call. <laughs> they play on for another minute. I jumped up. My dog is freaking out because I'm screaming at the TV. She tries to dig herself into a little pillow for it to keep away from me. Finally, they blow the whistle. Look at VAR, and then they're like, oh, yeah, this is clear and obvious. Like, the linesman didn't call it. He was not even 10 yards away from it, maybe a little bit more since it's inside the box. But still, clear as day, and they don't call it. I just, oh, man, I almost lost myself in that. But How do you not see physical contact? Gosh, it was very so obvious. Bad. So bad. Um, I was trying to figure out why a card wasn't given, but apparently the referees talked about it, and if Timo um, was able to continue playing, he probably wouldn't have got to the ball. So that's why they didn't give a card. But I thought it should have been red. But after hearing that that was the explanation, I understand it. Anyway, Jorginho steps up, hop, skip this time, puts it in. Two to one. Yeah, I mean, like, this game, even at 2-1, to one, Chelsea had plenty of opportunities to put the game to bed, and they still cannot. So, game ends 2-1. to one. It was very, very squeaky bum time for me the whole game. Yeah. But, and I just, I feel for Sheffield United. I mean, they, they play well. They play hard. They never give up, and they've just been incredibly unlucky this season. You think Tuchel was a little worried in that second half, and that's why he made a lot of those changes? Because it seemed like, you know, Conte coming in and yeah. so a lot of defenders or at least switching up the, the formation a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you have, to, you have to give respect to a team like Sheffield United because they are going to fight you tooth and nail to the very end. So, yeah, oh, yeah. bringing on Conte for Giroud, and yep. um, then he brought on – Cullum Hudson Adoy to bring a little bit of pace in just to try to keep the game higher up the field. Yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, scrappy game, but Chelsea moved closer to the top four. 
Yeah, good looking. Yeah. All right. The game that just ended not too long ago leads to Crystal Palace nil. Okay, I, I got to talk about this. Um, I've noticed, and it's maybe because we're doing this podcast and I write down the times of the goals, but I've noticed over the last few weeks so many goals are scored inside of five minutes and then right around the beginning of the second half. These teams, all teams, need to learn to wake up because in the English Premier League, you cannot sleep on any team. It doesn't matter if they're the, you know, back in the day, the Cleveland Browns of NFL. (laughs) These teams can beat you any day. Yep. So if you come out and you're sleepwalking, you might as well be 1-0 down. And that's what happened in this game. And I don't care how cold it is, man. You got so much on the line when you come out after this, you know, after the halftime break or whatever you want to call it. Get ready. Yeah. Jack Harrison, third minute. Unfortunately, shoots the ball, deflects off of Gary Cahill. Maybe we cursed him by giving him finest frog's hair last week. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, the shot was going at goal, so it wasn't an own goal, but just deflected and looped right over the keeper. Couldn't do anything about it. Man, it, it, it just seemed like the keeper didn't even move much. But, um, I mean, Crystal Palace, you know, without Zaha, they just seem a little lackluster. And, yeah, they just weren't up for it today. Uh, in the 52nd minute, Patty Bam Bam. This is this is what Leeds is all about, this goal right here. I broke it down, okay? Crystal Palace has a throw in, right? Throw the ball in, they throw it back to a defender. Scott Dan mm-hmm. has time, has time, plays the ball into the about the center of the park. Um, Matt Phillips beats the Crystal Palace attacker to the ball and hits it, it goes to click. Takes the ball in, I think he takes one touch and then plays between the defenders to Rafina. Rafina shoots, gets parried away, Patty Bam Bam passes it in. So from a simple throw in, where you have possession, Crystal Palace, to a goal scored, it took 14 seconds. Not what Roy Hodgson Hodgson wants to see. That's no. for sure. And that, I mean, it's just, it's amazing the pace that these these guys have and how quick um, leads go from offense to defense or defense to offense. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But they challenge for everything, and I really respect them. But, yeah, I mean, Crystal Palace, you know, had a couple of opportunities, but nothing really – really troubled the keeper too much. I mean, this was just leads. Yeah, it was all leads and tremendous respect for leads and what they put together so far this year. Um, what, 10th place, up to 10th place now, I think. I think they moved up, yeah. And Pat and Bam Bam. Patty Bam Bam. 100th goal. Yeah. I was watching, I was just telling Matt when I first got here, before we started recording, that I was listening to the interview with Sky Sports and Bamford just looks like, man, he's an easygoing, intelligent, 
guy with some humor. And it was nice to listen to him talk about what he's achieved and how hard he's had to work for it. And Humble? It, was he humble? Very. Uh, you could say that. Okay. For sure. Humble. But, yeah, and, and really had tremendous respect to go out of his way to talk about Rafinha and what kind of skill he has and how he... He's surprised, Bamford is surprised as a player that Rafinha doesn't get looked at by some of the bigger clubs. So maybe that was that fishing line that Rafinha need, but nonetheless leads. Good looking out. Absolutely. All right, again, right at the hour mark. Well, guys, we're going to move into our segments. This first one we call creme de la creme. Basically, this is the best of the best. A lot of times we give it to a world-class goal, um, but this could be anything just that caught us caught our eye throughout the week that we appreciated. So we like to call this. It's the creme de la. It's the creme de la. It's the creme de la. Ah, you beauty! Creme de la creme. Creme de la creme. Creme de creme de la creme. Well, Jason, who you got for creme de la creme this week? I've got none other than Phil Foden. And, uh, you know, I touched on him again. Uh, I try to talk to him, talk about him each week. He's in the side. He's on the fantasy league. That's over now. But still watching him. Young, youngster, two assists and a goal. And the two assists, quality. And the goal was just a cherry on top for a young player who's really picking his game up and listening to Pep. Yeah, yeah. I, I studs a line. I've got nice. Foden goal as well as Mina Mino's goal. Ooh. And the reason being is sometimes when you're in the box, you just got to put your laces through the ball and roof it. Mm. And yeah, both goalies got roofied on this. <laughs> <laughs> and Mina Mino, um, gosh, I want to try to say that three times fast, but I won't. Mina Mino. Yeah, we'll just, I'll let Matt do that. But man, Introduction to the side, gets the start, and really, really showed well. That was a beautiful goal. Yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of curious why Klopp let him go out on loan. With the amount of injuries that they had, you know, their whole back line is just practically on the sideline nursing injuries. You don't think that's going to happen to your forwards? I, th- I think he's a good sub for that winger position. I mean, he can he can be anything in the offensive side. I definitely don't want him playing defense, but we know he's not going to be doing. Yeah, that. but I mean, you've got Shakiri or Minamino. Minamino. Yeah. Minamino. Minamino. Okay. Okay. Just making sure that studs align there because yeah, I think studs align all day on this for sure. But yeah, the Foden goal, the Minamino goal, just putting their left foots through the ball, just. Beating the keeper, sometimes you just just gotta take out the sledgehammer and <laughs> and destroy something. Destruction. All right. Well, this next one is called "Bless Your Heart." Bless your heart. The reason we call this "Bless Your Heart." It's a southern phrase, and a lot of times it's a southern lady that doesn't want to say anything bad about somebody. They're just, but they feel bad for them, so they just say, bless their little heart. Bless your heart. So, Jason, 
Who you got for Bless Your Heart? Oh, Matt. Um, I had a couple of people. But I, just, I only, honestly wanted to take this time to talk about something a little serious. Um, okay. And I'm going to say this, bless your heart in a serious way, because I actually want to say bless your heart, Mike Dean. Yep. Um, I was angry when I saw that game. I was angry when I saw the game last week. I understand that this man is a real human, just like all of us here. And he has a family, and he cares for his family, he supports his family. I don't know him as a person. I'm presuming this. But there is no, no place for death threats or hate for a man like this. To his family as well. Yes, uh, the man gets a red card. I know he made a mistake, he's made mistakes. He's, he's calling himself out of the weekend games. I don't know if he's gonna be reffing the FA Cup games tomorrow, or. What, what the things will look like in the future for Mike Dean. But if you guys out there, you know, want to do death threats to someone that makes a mistake like this, it's your problem. It's your problem most likely because you bet some money on the game and it didn't go the way you wanted. So I'm, I got a strong opinion on this, Matt, and I just think it's just, it really breaks my heart to hear this about a man that's putting his self on the line in a game. Yes, he made a mistake, but that's all I got to say. Yeah, it was rescinded. I mean, they came out and said, yeah, made a mistake. It was rescinded. Did it have an effect on the game? Was that the end of the game? No, it didn't. No, it didn't. It didn't. He made a mistake. Um, You know, I read an article about this, um, and basically what they were looking at, the VAR and Mike Dean were looking at Thomas Suchek's hand and his if he balled his fist or not. Because apparently if you ball your fist, you get more force with your elbow. That's actually not true. Because, you know, the elbow is the strongest part of, of your body. Right. If you, and this was taught to me by an MMA when I was doing kickboxing back in the day. <laughs> if you're going to hit somebody with your elbow, you open your hand. Because if you clench it, your forearm muscle kind of protects your elbow so it's actually all of the force goes to your um to your forearm muscles right there instead of actually your elbow so when i did this for people out there nine round kickboxing boxing whenever we did elbows he would teach me to open my hand with the elbow so i didn't really just just a little knowledge i just wanted to throw out there i appreciate that yeah but, yeah, that's what they were looking at, to see if he clenched his fist. And apparently he did. And so they thought it was excessive force. Um, but just like when we were texting during the game, you know, I was listening to Graham Lasso. Graham Lasso played for Chelsea's, played for a couple of clubs way back in the day. He's a commentator on NBC Sports. And he said he looked at it once maybe twice and said nope no red card he's just trying to basically pick his arm up and go over top of Mitrovic which Mitrovic was kind of jockeying him and trying to hold him into a place so he's got kind of his legs spread a little bit knees bent and has his head a little bit lower so Suchek just tries to go over his head kind of like a little swim move yeah and instead catches him even Mitrovic said in the game like yeah it wasn't he didn't mean to like yeah, i know it wasn't both both sides both teams were actually 
going to Mike Dean saying like, hey man, let's just get on with the show. This wasn't anything. And I think at that point in time, I wonder sometimes, you know, whether it was last week's game or, you know, whenever they refed last, it's still in their head. Maybe where they're putting these officials out there, get a different officiating crew for Sunday totally than you did for Saturday. Give them a break. These games are so emotional and so fast. It's like, you know, the mental discipline that it takes to be your best is is nearly impossible. Yeah. And yeah, that's all I got to say about it. I I agree with you. I don't like the hate on Mike Dean and the death threats that were sent to him and his family. Um, hmm. I will say this, Mike Dean in the Premier League era has given out more red cards than any referee. And he really? hasn't been refing as long as some other referees. So he, he does have a history. He does have a track record, that's for sure. So I just want to throw that out there, but that is not excusing what has happened. Oh, so. yeah. No, and I'm definitely well, going to make it clear what I'm saying, you know, what I want to say as far as my, my piece here is more along the lines of that death threat. And nobody, come on, man. Get over yourself. And if, if we're talking about that, I mean, the type of racism that's been sent out to – all kinds of players on Chelsea, Man United, just all over, um, all over the place. It's just, yeah, we we can't condone that. It's just, it's, it's awful. And we want it to stop. And, yeah, so. Yeah, man. Studs, studs align on no death threats, no racism. Just, yeah, we're all people trying to do our jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, just imagine if you. Jason, if you had somebody sitting or millions of people watching you do your job every day, Mm. you make one little mistake. But it doesn't, I mean, obviously it won't affect anybody, but I mean, that's, that's what's going on. These guys are out there trying to do their jobs and you got millions upon millions, close to probably a billion people watching the English Premier League. They're just, just trying to do their job to feed their family. Like, yeah, man get cut them some slack you know yeah so all right well um (laughs) that was heavy man that was heavy almost like need a break after that yeah but it's good i just wanted to say my piece let it be let's have a better week Mm -hmm. this week or weekend i should say yeah well my bless your heart was none other than allison um the world's second most expensive goalkeeper, but he was looking like the most expensive goalkeeper out there, Keppa, <laughs> with the mistakes that he was making. I feel bad for Allison. I mean, just, oh, yeah, the just passing the ball out of the back and just making those mistakes, and then he probably, his confidence was way down when Phil Foden just lashed that ball through him because normally that wouldn't go through Allison. Yeah. Allison would trap it on his forehead and then ch- chest it down and catch it. But, yeah, Allison, just poor, poor weekend. And to do it on the big stage in the biggest game, yeah, it doesn't really help you. So Maybe wool socks next time. Yeah. Well, I got some cold feet right now, too. Poor circulation, and I'm Oof. rocking some wool socks. Yeah, maybe. I'm, who knows, man? Not to hate on it, but Allison is a quality keep, and, yep. yeah, there was definitely something wrong. Absolutely. All right, moving on to the final segment. We call this Finest Frog's Hair. Mm. 
The reason we call this finest frog's hair is because it's something that we've seen out there that is too fine. Maybe it's really gentlemanly. Um, maybe it's just a another amazing goal. Maybe it's some passion. Who knows? Who knows? Jason, who you got? Well, Matt, I think I'm going to have to talk like this when I talk about fine as frog's hair. All right, get a little shaft up in here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pause on that one. But <laughs> well said, Matt. Fine as frog's hair today is none other than I got to go with my boys. I got I to gotta talk about Bruno Fernandez's shot again. Okay. I know Matt's like, man, he's going to talk about this again. Let's just get through it. But that shot with his right foot and the movement beforehand takes a lot of confidence. And hopefully he can just keep riding that confidence. He's riding up the uh, golden boot race. We'll see. Maybe we'll get a few more PKs this weekend. But uh, That was silky smooth, man. It was silky. So I've got to give my finest Frogs Harris moment to something I normally don't do, but it caught my eye. I'm going to give it to Leeds. And the reason I'm giving it to Leeds is because of the intensity that they show throughout the game. What I saw towards the, it was almost the end of the game, probably in stoppage time. Leeds are on the attack, get the ball into the box. Um, one of their attacking players shoots the ball. It deflects and goes out of the box. Something happens where a Crystal Palace player picks it up right outside the box and starts running with it. And what do I see? Five white lead shirts sprinting, even though they're up 2 nothing in stoppage time. These guys are all inside the box trying to score, and as soon as they lose control, it was like some ants in their pants moment. They... <laughs> took off and just sprinted after the ball and ended up winning the ball back. And the amount of just passion and intensity that these guys have. I mean, gosh, give me like a month with Marco Bielsa to see how he coaches these guys. I mean, I just really respect that passion and the intensity that they play with. And, I mean, yeah, they're up to 10th. And every time they play, it's just... Like getting shot out of a cannon. That's why they're my side chick. Mm. That's why I like watching them. But yeah, I just really respected that. I mean, it's not very often that you see attacking players and defensive players try to get into the box and as soon as they lose it, just sprint out in unison. Yeah, and that's what he, he must hammer home, even to the offensive players. Your first, your first responsibility as striker, Bam Bam, is to play defense. Yep. And, you know, I think that's strong in itself when you tell the team that because I'm going to go back to my boys, Manchester United. You even see Edison Cavani sometimes come back. You know, it was one point in the game where Lindelof, I believe it was Lindelof, tries to dribble it all the way up. He actually dribbles it all the way up to the box and loses it. It was tackled right there, clean tackle. And he ain't getting back in time. So Edison Cavani sprints back and he takes cover. And that little difference right there when the striker comes back can make a world of difference for not only your team, 
but those guys in the back are going to respect you even more, and they're going to probably help you out, get you the ball. And, I mean, you're just showing the youngsters what you're there to do. You're there to play. You're there to win for your team, not for yourself, not Pogba. No. (laughs) You play for your team. You play for that badge. When you're wearing that jersey, you play for the badge. If you want to go somewhere else, you can. But while you're representing that badge, just make it like it's your family. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got a little heavy towards the end of this tonight, but I hope that you sticked around for all of that. Um, if you want to email us, please email us at searsoccerstuds at gmail. We'll be happy to read it out. Each one that comes in, we will read. And then if you want to find us on Instagram, at searsoccerstuds, on Twitter, at searsoccerstuds. So, guys, we appreciate you listening, and as always, you came for the footy, but stayed for the accents. All right. Until next time, studs up.